The great structure known as the Cathedral of the Marshes had always been there, a relic from a time long before I was born. It was a magnificent building, a decayed, shimmering beast rising out of the reeds and water like a shed snakeskin. It had been closed off with barbed wire and starkly painted signs for as long as I could remember, the panes of glass as slick as scales, growing slowly more opaque as the years went on. We spent every summer on the beach overlooking it, my mum and my brothers and I, all six of us packed into my grandmother's old art studio, makeshift beds on the floor for the youngest ones, tents outside for the oldest, the crackle of salted driftwood rising from the campfire outside. As we grew older, slipping into our teens, my various brothers invited their friends too, more tents popping up like mushrooms outside, pegged deep into the sand. On the summer of my 15th birthday, we descended upon the studio, my older brothers Tom and Samuel coming from jobs and universities, my mother packing the mini and transporting Henry and Jack and me amid countless tins of food. As mum turned the key in the old salt-worn lock and my brothers swarmed inside ahead of me, I stood on the threshold, inhaling the time capsule smell of childhood summers. There was something different about this visit. It felt like an ending, or a beginning. A thousand possibilities that might just as easily become missed opportunities. I could feel the Cathedral of the Marshes at my back, and I turned to face it, to acknowledge it as one might acknowledge a deity. My brother's friends arrived later in the evening around the same time as one or two of the local kids tended to drift towards our campfire, the moon bathing the sea in silver luster. Most of the friends had been here before, and I watched as each boy turned and looked behind him, just as I had, searching for the glass building among the reeds. I could see from their faces that the memory of it had been in their dreams as much as it had been in mine, teasing them calling them back. I had known many of these boys for years, but tonight they felt like alien creatures to me, so unlike my four brothers. They each had their own musky scent that I'd never noticed before, fragrant and intoxicating. Their skin was different too, their eyes a bewildering array of blues and greens and browns, and their hair the colour of all the tubes of paint in Grandma's studio. I never invited a friend to stay. My family, as joyful as puppies, gambled happily through life. But I was quieter, small and solitary, happy to observe. That night, we all huddled round the campfire, whispering stories to each other and relishing the frisson of danger they elicited. Remember the story of the wailing woman? My brother Henry said, his voice hushed and expectant. Of all my brothers, he was closest to me in age. This year he had brought a new friend, a boy called Elliot. 
The wailing woman? Elliot asked, a hint of skepticism in his voice. Nobody knows who she is, but people used to hear her screams coming from the cathedral. It sounded like someone being tortured. That's a load of rubbish, Tom said. It was probably just a deer or a barn owl. There was a witch lived there, Jack, my youngest brother, whispered, his voice full of awe. An old woman. She set traps and poisoned the water, and if you had a baby that needed getting rid of, she would help you. For a price. His words spilled from him in breathless excitement. One of the village kids told me she could turn herself into mist. I think they were joking, Tom said, his kind voice earnest. As the evening grew darker, the new boy sat down next to me. <laughs>